Bro, bro, bro. My bros at Making Kayfabe Podcast. Bro, you guys are after my own heart. You rebook wrestling history every Tuesday, bro. And this is me, Vince Russo. I am giving you guys a huge, I said huge, shout out. And this is coming from, bro, the best booker slash writer in the history of the business, regardless of what the marks will tell you. I cannot wait, bro, to listen to this week's episode. Book it like Russo. Bro, love you guys. Mad respect for you guys. Making kayfabe podcast, bro. You guys rule. Do it like Russo, bro. There ain't any other way. Hey, guess what? It's time for Making Kayfabe with your hosts, Bryce and Dylan. Hello, 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 and welcome to our very special, very bonus edition of Making Kayfabe. Every week, we take a controversial wrestling storyline and rewrite it to make it great. But this week, we're not doing that. It's our second bonus episode in between season two and three, and our first ever Book It Like Russo. But before we get to that, I want to introduce my guests today. That's right, guests. Today, we are going to find out what happens when a Scotsman, an Irishman, and an Englishman walk into a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, first of all, we have the, the man, the myth, the legend. He has made acceptable storylines out of Retribution, Right to Censor, Test, Sean O'Hare, the AEW Women's Division, and more. He is Reno's biggest fan. Who the fuck is Reno? A man with endless talent and a man who just has a little bit of hatred for the Miz. Most importantly, though, he is my friend, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only making KFA co-host, Dylan Copeland. How are you doing? I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm very excited about this. Um, you excited to book it later, Russo? Yeah. So I I wrote mine uh, as if I was Vince Russo, and I now realize that that means that when I tell you all my story that means i'm going to have to do a vince russo impression which i <laughs> didn't think about when i wrote this so that's going to be something to look forward to oh my I'm god excited. i can't wait for that just just like a generic kind of like new york kind of like uh you know new york bro uh, hello but, my name is vince russo yes yeah, <laughs> did we get vince russo on the podcast did it what happened that that was just like <laughs> him but, hello bryce <laughs> i am definitely vince russo <laughs> <laughs> I and do, also, I, I can do that voice. I think I'll stick with that voice. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's, you've got a lot to look forward to, folks. Uh, and now we've got somebody who is also a myth, someone who has claimed to be a legend. Uh, he is a very talented illustrator and designer behind Blank Page Digital, and therefore the man who designed the incredible Making Kayfabe t shirts, which you can get at makingkayfabe.redbubble.com. He is also my friend who recently got engaged to the lovely Sophia. So congratulations for that. And he is the person who tagged Joey Janela in one of our tweets, which led to Jelly calling us all absolute bottom-of-the-barrel wrestling geeks. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Tyler Mortimer. <laughs> Janela was right. He was right. <laughs> what can I say? I'm the indie guy. I, 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 bring, the in, I bring the indie wrestlers. That's, that's, that's what I do. As it happens, Tyler's also a heel, so... Yeah. Oh, God. I, you know what? I heard Dylan's intro, and I was like, "Hype! I'm hype for Dylan." And I was like, "I hope, I hope I get an intro which is on on the same level." And and 
Like I'm, I'm just, I'm the guy who draws. You know, your, your, your design for the T-shirt is better than mine. Like I'm just B, I'm a B plus player. I'm just being modest, man. Like I mean, I, I don't want to say, but you know, <laughs> my Plains drawing of Riho and Nyla Rose, who, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something. Uh, it is, yeah. Like Bryce's picture is beautiful, but like your artwork, fucking rip, dude, for the T-shirt. Oh yeah. I was like, that's amazing. The only oh, funny man. thing is, like, me and Bryce were talking about this. And other people who know me have, have also commented on this, is that um, they're like, Dude, you've never worn a tie in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and they know it's because I'm supposed to be JR, but uh, I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> it, it's the Bryce's t-shirt in the t-shirt, the Inception t-shirt, was yeah. has gone through so many designs as well. Oh, there were so many yeah. different logos on that t-shirt, but we got there in the end, so... I'm so happy that it is like the current design because um, every, it's 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 perfect. You know, it adds a lot to the. It's a little hidden detail for people, but it it makes it perfect. You know, exactly. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, just it's three three great designs, and uh, yeah, it's uh, really really cool to see them see them online and see people wearing them and stuff. But uh, I wasn't fishing for compliments, but that whole expedition was fantastic. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man, you, well, we you, you absolutely nailed it. Um, like, yeah, uh, get, get you back for season three, maybe. So, you know, it was, uh, it was a hell of a draw, and uh, yeah, re- really, really big fans of it. I, could, I could, just couldn't believe it when we saw it, because it's like, it's everything we wanted and more. So, yeah, thanks for that, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm Bryce, uh, your humble host, and uh, hi, folks, it's time to explain exactly what Book It Like Russell will entail, or at least what it's like half planned to be. So... Like I say, on a, on a normal non-bonus episode, we'd be rebooking the monstrosities of wrestling to make them a, a bit better. Uh, today, however, we're gonna make a we're gonna take a bit of influence from everyone's favourite Vinnie Rue, uh, and we're gonna turn these storylines into what we would imagine Vinnie Russo uh, would have booked him like, as we book it like Russo. So maybe there'll be on a pole matches, maybe there'll be gimmicks and topic gimmicks, maybe there'll be a bro here, a bro there, but certainly we are going to have three mini storylines booked today with Russo influence. So Vince Russo, of course, is a, a famous slash infamous wrestling booker who started on the WWF writing team during the Attitude Era to, let's be honest, at least reasonable critical acclaim. Uh, one of the things I always enjoyed about Russo, especially and WWF was his kind of mentality that everyone, every member of the roster should have some kind of a story going on, basically a reason to be. That's from main event right down to opener, and despite all that's said about him, I do respect that about Russo, and while we're keeping it positive, I remember watching a shoot interview a few years ago where Russo, he booked the WCW invasion of WWF, and, and it's clear to me that the guy, he can write a good story. Uh, of course, However, not everyone says that. Uh, so, with the shoe on the other foot, he does, of course, have his haters who who say that he contributed hugely to the downfall of WCW. They say that his car crash style of booking puts a huge emphasis on shock value, uh, favouring swerves over actual in-run interaction, often making no sense, and, and was infamously influenced by reality TV. Essentially, he wanted that person switching channels on a Monday night to stop on WWF or WCW, whoever he was booking for at that time, and, and ask, what the fuck is that? And, and we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to try and emulate that today uh, in a kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of fashion. We'll take it in turns, taking a a few minutes to outline what did happen, and then go into a a mini-storyline where we try to make it more uh, Russo-esque. So, without further ado, should should we go for it, lads? Let's do it. I'm just upset that you you said he was responsible for the downfall of WCW. 
I, 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 I said, said some. He, he said some people consider him to be the the, down, the downfall of WCW, which I don't necessarily agree with either because. Um, I think, you know, because after Vince Russo left, you know, it still wasn't great, but also still wasn't doing bad enough to get taken off the <laughs> either. You know what I mean? Like that, Vince Russo being there wasn't the reason that WCW went under, you know? I mean, no, it wasn't late. It's, a lot of people, I think, had um, some fingers in their pie for, for the downfall of WCW. I, I do think Russo contributed in some way with these mm. wacky storylines and with all the shit that he had, um, you know, that people were watching and then saw it and then didn't watch because yeah. what was on WWF <laughs> was better. So, so like, he definitely yeah. lost viewers, I think. So, like, oh, yeah. it was something like that, yeah. He, he, he's a hero. I, 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 I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the heel. I'm gonna be the heel in this episode. And Vince Russo, he's responsible for some of the greatest things in wrestling, hands down. I Such mean, as? I again would like to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think Vince Russo had anything to do with CM Punk. Clearly, the greatest thing <laughs> to ever happen to wrestling. Ah. Uh... But Judy Bagwell on a pole, I mean, like... Yeah, yeah, what's, you know, they're both pretty similar, aren't they, on the greatness yeah. scale? That's like the second best thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, folks, let's uh, let's book it like Russo. So, I'll start us off, so, um, straight up. So, we'll do this um, in the order of Bryce, Tyler, then Dylan. I'll start us off, and uh, so straight up, the storyline I've chosen today is the Vince McMahon illegitimate child storyline. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm going to do a very brief history of the storyline, and then I'll rebook it like Russo. So, in 2007, uh, quite a lot of things happened in WWE. It's uh, something that, you know, we've actually gone into already in depth with our, our season two premiere, uh, Vince McMahon blows up. But uh, in storyline, Vince fakes his own death in a limo explosion and he resurfaced on Raw shortly afterwards. So they quickly dropped the whole death storyline after some something incredibly serious happened in real life involving Chris Benoit. Perhaps the less said about that, the better. But uh, essentially it led to Jonathan Coachman informing Vince that a certain mystery offspring of his has a claim to Vince's fortunes. So... That, that led to a few weeks of you know teasing big reveals and a storyline that, uh, to, to be honest, was actually quite intriguing, but then was revealed to be dumb as fuck shortly afterwards. <laughs> so soon it was uh, it basically whittled down to the fact that Vince McMahon's illegitimate son was on the WWE roster. What are the chances of that? So the, the brief storyline, it ended with Vince McMahon in the ring, uh, surrounded by the WWE roster, uh, being told that one of these men was his illegitimate son. And around the ring, you had guys like Kane, like Cody Rhodes, Trevor Murdoch, etc. And uh, it, it basically fell down to like a guess who style game where a lawyer appeared in the Titantron and gave like clues about the identity of which person at ringside was Vince's son. So like literally it would say a clue and then like some people would walk away and say another clue. Then other people walk away and then just. But yeah, the first clue was your illegitimate son is not extreme meaning that everyone on the ECW roster should leave. So obviously ECW is around at that time. The second clue was your son has a fondness for gold, which meant that anyone who isn't a current champion or a former champion should stay. The third clue was your son's skin is fair, as is his hair, meaning that it's a white guy with blonde hair, basically. So this actually, I was watching the segment earlier on today, and it led to like a surreal series of characters in the ring once everyone else has been kind of eliminated because it boils down to Vince McMahon 
being joined in the ring by Triple H, JBL, and the fucking Sandman for ECW. <laughs> so yeah, like that was as a really weird thing to see. But but the thing you know, clue was your son loves to play the game. Uh, so this leaves just Triple H and Vince in the ring. But then the lawyer continues. He does love to play the game, whether that game be hide and seek, horseshoes, or marbles. Things are looking up, Mr. McMahon, but not for you, for your son, Hornswoggle. And yeah, like Hornswoggle was revealed to be Vince's illegitimate son. Very funny. They teased a, a bit of incest with Triple H, potentially being his son, and then brought out the midgets. So uh, that's uh, kind of the staple for WWE television in 2007. And then it, it was even later revealed that Hornswoggle wasn't actually Vince's son anyway. He was Fit Finlay's son, uh, making the whole thing a gigantic waste of time. And I'm pretty convinced that I can make it worse. So, gentlemen, if you allow me, I'm going to book it like Russo. <laughs> Go. Okay, hold on, wait. The, the, you said they teased a little incest, and that already wasn't a Russo idea? Well, yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've just already discovered where Bryce's storyline is going to go. That, that was my storyline. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, just casually tease a bit of in- incest and then yeah. reveal the the illegitimate midget child. You got to get those ratings, bro. You got to get those ratings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to boot this like Russo. So here we go. So the centerpiece of the story is undoubtedly Vince McMahon. So it's clear now that he's been doing a bit of a, a bit of cheating on poor Linda. Hilariously, like we know this is true anyway because in the past I'm pretty sure I remember Vince being involved in storyline uh, alone, hopefully, uh, with women like Trish Stratus, Stacey Keebler, Tori Wilson, etc. But yeah, very clearly Vince is fucked up somehow, bro. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have Vince come out on week one. And he's gonna just deny everything, bro. Deny everything. He's gonna he's gonna say that he's never had anything approaching an extramarital affair. That that he's been nothing but loyal to his wife Linda. He loves nobody but Linda. He's gonna say more, bro. But before he does, we're gonna get Shane McMahon coming out, and he's angry as hell. He's got a steel chair, bro, and he's threatening to hit Vince with it for cheating on his mother. But before he does, we're gonna get Stephanie coming out. So she's in tears as she walks down to the ring, bro. And we're going to have Triple H, the loyal husband, by her side. You know, she stops Shane from attacking Vince uh, by standing in the way. But you know, Triple H does nothing. But he's, he's, just, he's, he's just staring a hole in Vince, basically. So, so Vince, he's still got a mic. And, and he points to Shane, saying, Whoever my illegitimate son is, I know he's damn well going to be a better son than you. My illegitimate son wouldn't throw a chair at his old man, Shane. I disown you as my son. So getting a bit of uh, that reality TV drama into it. So Shane's is is once again going to uh, try and attack Vince with a chair, but then he's interrupted by the anonymous Raw general manager. So remember that storyline, Michael Cole. But yeah, Michael Cole is going to get up in the podium and and he's going to read off his computer screen because you know the, the anonymous Raw general manager he sent an email. The, the anonymous Raw general manager says. You can disown your son, Shane, as much as you want, but it doesn't change the fact that your illegitimate son will be revealed. And as it happens, I, the anonymous Raw general manager, bear in mind it's literally a fucking laptop at this stage, I have the DNA test results that will show you exactly who your son is, Mr. McMahon. So Triple H gets on the microphone and he says, Hey, 
I want those DNA results so we can put an end to this whole thing. Given to me. So obviously Triple H maybe a bit worried about a little bit of incest as we're discussing there. So maybe maybe a little bit concerned, you know. Vince says, uh, Vince grabs the mic as well, and he says, uh, you know, how, how the hell did you get my DNA? Uh, and regardless, you know, I don't want those DNA tests to be revealed. Give them to me. So the GM says, we got your, your urine sample from the company-wide test a couple of weeks ago. Trust me. <laughs> You don't want uh, you don't want me to reveal what else we found in there. It'll be like nineteen ninety three over again. But I'm, I'm going to step out for now. <laughs> I'm going to let you two gentlemen, Triple H and Mister McMahon, sort this out between yourselves. And so now, bro, we have the DNA test results, and we have two guys who feel very differently about them. We've got Triple H, who wants the DNA test results to be revealed to the world because, you know, like I say, he's maybe starting to fear that he's Vince's son. And at the same time, we've got Vince McMahon, bro, who, who who will do everything that he possibly can to stop these results going public. So this shit writes itself, bro. We're going to have a match. <laughs> Triple H versus Vince McMahon. But there's more. Because I tell you what the anonymous Rod General Manager is going to do, bro. We're going to take that DNA test result and we're going to stick it high above the ring on a pole, bro. I swear to God, the marks are going to love it. <laughs> and that's not even all. Because this ain't oh, this ain't no regular DNA test on a pole match, bro. This is different. <laughs> We're gonna surround the ring by sixteen feet of steel and a steel case to stop any interference, bro. And so there we have it. It's Vince McMahon versus Triple H in a steel cage DNA test on a pole match. In order to win the match, either McMahon or the game, they have to climb that pole and take down the DNA test results. Then they can do whatever the hell they want with it. You know, maybe Triple H will reveal to the world who it is. Maybe Vince will, you know, rip it in half. You know, who knows? But but because we're booking it like Russell 2, we're going to just stick that in our episode of Raw a week from now because we've got to pop that rating, bro. And bro, <laughs> we're, we're going to have this match in the main event of Raw. And it's going to last less than two minutes, bro. Because Triple H, he pulls, he pulls the DNA test result off the pole. He opens the envelope. And let me tell you, bro, there's that look of abject shock across his face right now. He cannot believe what he is reading. So he drops the DNA test result to the ground. The camera gets a big close-up on the results. And, bro, we're going to find out who the bastard son of Vince McMahon is right now. The DNA test results reveal that the bastard son of Vince McMahon is... Vince Russo. Vince McMahon's own mother, bro. You ever seen Back to the Future, bro? The Mark's <laughs> going to love that shit, I'm telling you. But Vince's mother is going to bring her 100-year-old ass down to the ring and explain the whole thing to the world. She's going to explain how she, Mr. McMahon's mother, is actually Vince's illegitimate son. But... As she gets to the ring, bro, we're going to turn the lights off in the building. We're going to turn them back on. And then we've got The Undertaker and Paul Bearer in the ring. Undertaker, he grabs Vince by the throat. He choke slams him. He gives Triple H the big boot, bro. Triple H falls out of the ring. And then we've got Undertaker. We're going to get Undertaker to Tombstone Pile Drive. Vince McMahon's mother. There's utter carnage and destruction in the ring as Taker and Bearer stand tall. Paul Bearer's going to get on the microphone, bro, and he's going to say... He's going to say, Vince McMahon, I know a thing or two about having complications in the family. Give me a call if you want to talk. And that's it. If, if Vince had booked the, the Vince illegitimate, sorry, Vince Russo 
it booked the illegitimate son angle, I think it would have gone down something like that. I I mean, I, there was a lot of twists and turns in there. I really liked that. I, did but did I you really, see it coming, bro? No, because I really, leg, I legit, I thought you were going to say Vince Rizzo was Vince McMahon's son, thereby making Vince Rizzo now Vince McMahon. <laughs> so there would be two Vince McMahons in the company. Oh, my oh, God. Man. That's not terrible. right there. <laughs> but also, that would have put Rizzo on television, thereby proving that he is a mark for the business as well. That's actually a good point. That's something I didn't do in my storyline because Vince Russell does involve himself in his storylines physically. Yeah. So that's something I didn't do there. But yeah, that would be a, that's a that's a better ending, damn it. There's so <laughs> much to unpack. There's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I mean, I'm lost for words, really. To be, to be fair, like you did I think you did do a very good job of booking it like Russo because it got like very complicated and like very busy in sh- such a short like space of time. And yep. then, like, like you said, it was the main event of Raw, so like they're just kind of like, ah, throw it away and then do something else next week, you know? Like, um, <laughs> it's very, very like quick um, booking the way Russo would have done, you know? Exactly. So like that's uh, yeah, that that's um, that's my attempt at booking it like Russo. So maybe we'll um, we'll put up a poll on the Twitter perhaps after the episode goes <laughs> live and see who's who's Russo booking is better. So, but right. <laughs> bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Bro, <laughs> all um, right. So, bro. Uh, so, guest star Tyler of uh, of Blank Page Digital. Do you, do you want to go next, buddy? Yeah. Um. I. I mean, I. I want to start off by saying I am not a traditional storyteller. Uh. Unlike my. Uh. My colleagues here in the podcast, and this is my podcast debut. Uh. And one, you guys sent me the instructions that clearly read book it like Rousseau um <laughs> I have interpreted this through my own artistic way as just book Rousseau's life um <laughs> I, I'm Rousseau <laughs> yeah just just book Rousseau and um uh, you know I'm going to cover uh, a fairly recent story the the failure that was raw underground um uh, which was in in no uncertain terms, an abject failure for, mm. for WWE. Uh, WWE are going through the post-COVID no audience phase of uh, Monday Night Raw. They have they're not allowed to have uh, people at the side of the ring. So Shane announces he's going to make uh, a huge announcement on Raw. No one knows what it was, uh, and and Shane is uh, you know he's still. The marks still pop for Shane, so whenever he turns up and does his like sexy sneaker dance, like everyone's <laughs> like, "What? Shane's so gonna do something?" So everyone's kind of sitting eagerly watching Monday Night Raw, getting bored out of their minds because they haven't started pumping in crowd noises yet, because um, <laughs> that changes it. They haven't done the Thunderdome. The they they're not pumping in live cams yet. It's just like quiet. It was arena. just silence. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And up pops Shane McMahon and he announces uh, he stood right in this ring with no ropes, surrounded by like maybe like 25 wrestlers from like a mix of mainly NXT talent and like upcoming Mm. training talent. But there's a couple of like recognizable faces. I mean, the only marked difference between this and a normal kind of WWE presentation is there's there's no ropes they're in a warehouse, which is just full of 
like rubbish like trash <laughs> and everyone's wearing wife beaters for some reason everyone's <laughs> everyone's got vests on and it's got this kind of like earthy brown kind of look to it and stood in the middle of the ring is Shane McMahon and he announces Roar Underground but what he forgets to do is say anything about what Roar Underground is <laughs> or or what Roar Underground is about and uh, he introduces uh, it's Dabba Kato who's uh, <laughs> like an NXT guy he's like yeah this is Dabba Kato just gives him like this amazing intro kind of like the one you gave Dylan and not me and then like <laughs> there's this other guy in the ring and he's wearing a wife beater as well and he's got like his hands like bare knuckle taped up and his feet bare knuckle taped up and he's saying like he, he basically just turns to this guy and he goes I'm not going to introduce you you just get get on with yourself kind of thing and he gets out of the ring and they fight and it looks like this weird kind of shoot style MMA type fight or it's like it's the worst scripted not meant to be scripted fighting that you've <laughs> ever seen and Dabakato tosses this guy out of the ring after he's done with him and everyone around the ring cheers but you can it's kind of muffled because they're all wearing face masks um and then it just kind of cuts back to the normal show and everyone was like well what's that and it <laughs> continued to do this for like maybe four or five weeks. Just Roar Underground keeps popping up. No one explains anything about what Roar Underground is or what they're even fighting for. Braun Strowman turns up at one point and he's, he does his big kind of raw thing, which he does <laughs> on Raw. The only difference is it's kind of murky in this warehouse full of rubbish and everyone's wearing wife beaters and, and, and Braun Strowman is now wearing a wife beater as well. The her business turned up like Shelton Benjamin. Like there was this one episode where like the her business squash everyone in Raw Underground. Shayna Baszler turns up and you kind of think like, hold on, maybe this is interesting because Shayna mm. Baszler is MMA and they could do some kind of shoot fighting thing here. But it doesn't work. Eventually, it gets shut down. Um, WWE want you to believe that it's because the COVID mixing pools weren't working and uh, they didn't want to mix talent between each other so no one caught COVID. But what we really know is it's just a flat-out failure. But it's not a failure unless it's a Russo failure, right? (laughs) You guys say that Vince Russo is the worst thing about wrestling. If there's one thing that Russo does best, it's being the worst. And I'm here to rebook <laughs> it in the true glory of the the burning phoenix that is Vince Russo, my boy. And <laughs> um, so I'm going to, yeah, so it starts exactly the same way, right? Somewhere in America, there is a ring with Shane McMahon in it. Steps up, the cameras come on, the audience get their first glimpse of of Raw Underground, this new yet slightly dusty product. And in his best middle-aged fight club, uh, Tyler Durden referencing speech, he says, welcome to Raw Underground. This is new and exciting because I'm Shane McMahon. Look at my feet. I do a dance. And... (laughs) Uh, in comes to the ring Dabakeo and he's massive like this dude is legit huge and he's like I'm not even going to introduce this guy because he's about to get squashed this is real this is shoot fighting right Shane doesn't even get out of the ring right Kato just 
destroys this dude and Shane just stands watching and he's like Vince McMahon looking at money excited like okay. about this guy just crushing this dude Kato throws the guy out and he goes this is Raw Underground right and we're going to fix this straight off the bat we're here to fight we're not here to win props we're here to shoot brother and then it cuts to Raw <laughs> right and Somewhere in New York, in a dingy, slightly moist apartment, is a white-bearded Vince Russo (laughs) staring at his computer screen with a mound of cocaine next to him, buzzing his little (laughs) eyeballs out. And he's just staring at the screen, slowly under his breath, going, Bro. (laughs) Bro. Bro, and he picks up his computer screen, he smashes it against the wall, he shouts for his wife, who's not in, because she's never home, and he takes his phone, and he immediately gets on Twitter, right, and he starts live streaming on Twitter, and he is going crazy right he's shane mcmahon has stolen my shoot fighting gimmick he's he's trying to he's trying to rip me off like wwe has finally tried to steal the best things about what make me russo this is bullshit i won't have it like his internet tantrum starts trending in the in the wrestling twitter right which is this super toxic place everyone's like fuck vince russo i love vince russo fuck vince and (laughs) it's it's gone haywire right and wwe are like well we needed to pop a rating with this maybe maybe we should call russo maybe we should maybe we should hit him up right so next week raw is on the air right we keep getting flashes of this raw underground thing, right? Vince, like Shane McMahon's doing his little dance at the side of the no, no like ropes ring. Um, all these like wrestlers are trying to shoot fight each other and make it not look scripted, but Dolph's doing work punches and it's just not looking that good. And it cuts back to, it's a, it's a final segment of Raw and it cuts back to Shane in the ring. And he's standing there going like, this is shooting, brother. We're just going to fight each other. This isn't about uh, gimmicks or blah, blah, blah. And then you just, all the, all the lights go out and you just hear, bro, right? <laughs> around the ring, everyone's like looking around going, what's going on? What's, go- what's going on? And then from a rope descending from the ceiling, with <laughs> full uplighting, is Vince Russo with his arms spread out like Jesus uh, <laughs> descending to the ring. And he's like, his eyes tell you the story of how much cocaine he's taken, right? Like, you can see he is just, like, insanely angry. He gets down to the ring and struggles to take the little grip off that's kind of descended him to the ring uh, and then just decides to give up and just start, like, work-punching McMahon, right? Shane and Shane and Vince Russo are going at it. He's like, you stole my gimmick. You know, this internet feud is finally paying off, right? The WWE have listened to the fans, right? And, like, he cuts Shane open the hard way. And, it, uh, and, and Shane's, like, trying to crawl away. Dabakato picks Vince Russo up by his hair and throws him out of the ring. Chaos everywhere. Raw cuts to black. 
right? Logo comes up. You can hear the sound of what's going on, but you can't see anything, right? And it's just people uh. screaming, Russo shouting like, bro, 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 <laughs> bro. No one knows what's happening. Like, no one knows if it's a shoot, if it's a work, what's going on. Like, why was Vince Russo descending from the ceiling like Jesus? No one knows what's going on, right? Twitter, Wednesday, Vince Russo, he puts up an apology. He says, uh, my actions, they, they weren't me. I, was, uh, I wasn't myself. I was angry. Um, I turned up on Monday Night Raw and I did something that I haven't done in a long time, and I got involved in the business, a business that hates me, a business that doesn't want me there. And uh, uh, I know this Raw Underground thing, it's, uh, it's kind of like my thing. So next week, I'm going to explain my actions. That's it. Russo out, bro. Right? Cuts to Monday. The internet has been waiting, right? Everyone's tuned into Raw. They are popping those ratings somewhere in gorilla position. Vince McMahon is rubbing his stomach because he just ate $12 billion for, for <laughs> that he does. Um, and Raw opens, and there it is, right? Vince Russo on a fold out metal chair in the middle of the uh, raw underground ring. And he says, look, I'm not happy with you doing this. I'm not happy with you stealing, shoot fighting from me. And I know the only way that I'm ever going to kind of be able to redeem myself as a wrestling persona uh, and as a, uh, as a wrestling personality is to get involved. And it's something I promised I wouldn't do. I didn't want to get back involved with wrestling. But Shane, you have forced my hand. So what we're going to do next week is we're going to have a match. Not me and you. I'm not booking myself into this. This is an old Vince Russo. This is a new Vince Russo. I'm bringing my guy. You bring your Dabba Kato. One-on-one. -on -one in a wrestling ropes on the wrestling poles match. <laughs> <laughs> so... Cut to next week, and we're introduced to Raw Underground, but this time it's a little different. There are ropes around the ring. There are ropes on the poles, right? Shane comes out. Pfft, screw this guy. We kicked Russo out before. We can do it again. I tell you what, Russo, since you love gimmicks, let's just add one more gimmick to this match. It's something my dad really likes. And if we're going to embarrass you, let's embarrass you properly. Hair versus hair. My hair <laughs> versus your hair in a ring ropes on the pole match. <laughs> Russo comes out, bro, whatever. It's fine, right? They go to either side of the ring. It's just them. Vince is worried about the COVID pools. So it's Shane on one side of the ring, Russo on the other. Dabakato's music hits. He comes in and his wife beat her. He walks up to the ring and he looks legit a monster, right? He's stacked. He's like pumped. He's foaming at the mouth, right? And Russo goes, ah, your guy, yeah. He's not a champion though, is he? Never been a champion. Music hits and out walks David Arquette. Oh. Now, fully formed <laughs> indie wrestler with like stacked muscles, his boy, his long term booking project, David Arquette, 
Brock's <laughs> up to the ring, jumps over the ropes, walks straight up to Davikato's face and stares him out. He's no fear. He's not, he's not celebrity Hollywood anymore. He's a professional wrestler. He's got the moves. And the match plays out as you expect. It's David versus Goliath, except everyone's popping over the fact that David Arquette can actually wrestle now. No one expects it. Ultimately, the folded metal chair comes into play, and Russo goes to like take out KO with the chair, and Shane steps in the way, puts down Russo. David Arquette, sobbing like a small child over Vince Russo, goes, bro, bro, <laughs> what's happened? Like, he's bleeding everywhere. Bro, stay with me, bro. It's like, whatever. <laughs> Kato picks him up, fully smashes him, pins him. Shane counts it. One, two, three. Shane looks over at Russo. He's got the clippers in his hands, and he mauls him, right? Oh, it's embarrassing. Man. It's 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 embarrassing for Russo. It's being streamed live on Twitter on Russo's own phone by Dabakato. It's <laughs> it's hard to watch. It's a mixture of blood and shaving foam and hair. And he's he's bald as the day is long. And he never lives it down. The next week, Raw Underground goes on. It's terrible, horrible ways. We never really hear from Vince Russo again. But then, six months later, we see it from Vince Russo again for the first time. He's kind of embraced his new bald look. His hair is completely gone. He shaved his head completely bald. His <laughs> eyes are wired like a cocaine fox. And he goes, look. My little stint back in the business has reignited something in me and something in my friend and partner, David Arquette. We're going to bring back something to fight the McMahons. We're going to bring back a wrestling staple that you have all missed, that only I can create. We're bringing back Celebrity Deathmatch, starring <laughs> David Arquette. And he gets into a ring with no ropes, and he stands in the middle, and he looks directly in the camera, and he says... Let's get it on, <laughs> bro. <laughs> End of story. I mean, there's oh a my... lot going on with that one. Oh, my God. My, my jaw's still on the floor with that David Arquette review. My God. <laughs> That's I incredible. Gonna, I think one, one really notable thing about this that, that proves that this is booking like Russo is that the majority of this storyline involves two really? non-wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> very, very much like Russo. He's like, yeah, you know. Keep people on people don't watch wrestling for the wrestling. No, they want the drama. They want that that Jerry Springer shit. Yeah, That's, yeah. <laughs> that is honestly great. See, see, be honest, that is the, the annoying thing is that was that's a really good story. I'd watch that. I would really watch that. <laughs> Part, parts of it where I was like, at first I'm like, all right, this is I don't know about this, but then getting into you like, oh okay, you know, I it does sound interesting. I gotta say, you know, like this. Just describing Vince Russo as a cocaine fox has made my day. <laughs> I love that um, uh, on, on his cocaine trip that he was uh, coming down for the ring like Jesus as well, like being suspended from the ceiling. I, when I, when I thought of that idea, I was like, why? Am I going to pay this off later? And then I realized, doesn't matter. Vince Russo. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to explain anything. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to explain it. But, 
But also, it kind of makes sense in the end as well, because David Arquette, you know, he has been on a bit of a tour before COVID, before uh, kind of like redeeming himself, right? I mean, he was doing like death matches and he was doing like, um, you know, I can't, Have can't you remember. Have seen who. the documentary, um, You Can't Kill David Arquette? I've not. You need to watch it. It's him just going around the Mexico circuit. He even like wrestles in the street for cars that are passing by. <laughs> Guy's a champ, man. Like, I full on respect David Arquette now. Total respect. He he doesn't need to do that. Like he does no. not need to do that. But he loves wrestling. Yeah, I give, yeah. and that's and and you know what? You know who else loves wrestling? Vince Russo. He just loves it differently. You know, <laughs> some people make soft, kissy missionary sex to wrestling. Vince Russo. That's not his gig. He likes to tie it up and slap it around a little. You know, <laughs> he fucks it right in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are we to judge? You know, who are we to judge what what people get off? <laughs> I feel Taking like a I... strange turn all of, all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's oh. that's you know, vote for me on the book it like Russo on a poll match. I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to put a poll up now. That that just that just has to go up in the poll now. So uh, you know, because <laughs> on, on a poll, Twitter poll in a poll match. Yeah, like a Twitter so, poll on a poll match. Has Twitter poll in a poll. Right, so. All right, so that's two, two, uh, two, two Russell bookings so far. Uh, my friend Dylan, making kayfabe co-host. I've heard, uh, I've heard you writing a, a bazillion fantastic stories in the past. So, so with Bucket and Russell in mind, uh, what are you planning to fuck up today? I well, let me just say, after hearing both you guys do yours, I have a feeling that I have not written enough. <laughs> <laughs> You just feel like, like I went over time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yours are both really good. Mine's just like uh, mine's just like a little chapter in like Vince Russo's autobiography, you know. <laughs> so, um, like, it, imagine it like that. Like he's looking back on it, you know. And then I'll, right. I'll do the, Yeah, I'll do the little Vince Russo voice that I did earlier. Um, so it'll be like an audio book, you know. But we're gonna be talking about the Austin 316 moment where Steve Austin won the King of the Ring and um cut that infamous promo i'm sure a lot of the people listening to this show already know what the austin 316 thing is but uh, in the finals of the king of the ring in 1996 steve austin who had just kind of got rid of the the ringmaster name and he was i don't know if he was stone cold steve austin at that point but he was you know trying to reinvent himself again and in the finals he was fighting jake roberts well-respected um wrestling personality we all know jake snake but at that point jake snake you know having a having a couple of problems shall we say he had he was cutting a lot of strange like religious promos at the time and steve austin beat jake roberts in the king of the ring finals and cut a promo of his own that says you know jake roberts you talk about your your this new that your john 316 well austin 316 says i just kicked your ass and that became very famous it was you know everywhere every single arena every single tv show for years, you would see an Austin 316 sign in the audience. You know, it was very famous. You could say that that was the the turning point for Steve Austin because after that, he went on to have feuds and, and famous matches with the likes of Owen and Bret Hart, for example. And it eventually kind of, you know, accumulated in a match uh, at, at WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels in 1998. And that, you know, all a lot of that was all because of the, the Austin 316 promo. So I'm going to try to rebook it. Like like Vince Russo would do. It's very funny that the Austin 316 signs would remain so popular with the fans. You know, the fans really ate it up. 
which is kind of ironic given how strict some Americans are about the Bible. You know, mm, yeah. pretty like, I mean, I looked it up, man. I checked the Bible. I couldn't find Austin 316 anywhere. I th- <laughs> what? I I think he made that up. Oh, I don't know, wait. man. I, 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 have you got not, your source for that? Like, what? It's, not, it's not in the King James version of the Bible. Let me tell you that. Like, I've been watching wrestling since I could speak. And I'm pretty sure that Austin 316 has been a pretty constant part of my life. So mm-hmm. it's got to be in there somewhere. Exactly. Well, maybe Austin wrote his own book. I don't see it in the Bible. Maybe that was one of the the books they cut out. You know, they cut a couple of the, the books out of the Bible. Then well, I, mean, I like, have officially yeah. heard more of Austin's book than I have the actual Bible. So now I'm just <laughs> questioning a whole lot. Yeah, dude, if I were you, like, I read the Bible, it's super long. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that funny, man. Does Vince Go- Russo descend from the sky? <laughs> If you've ever read, I'll tell you what, man. The last book uh, in the Bible is called Revelations, and that's the best one because all sorts of crazy shit happens. It's almost as if Vince Russo did book it. Well, yeah, because like, going, like um, go, yes, going back the, to the Mordecai episode, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of kind of research into like quotes in the Bible and stuff, and like, and uh, we revealed in the Mordecai episode that the Bible actually does talk about zombies. So, like, it is literally in the book that zombies are in the book of the Bible. So, nice. yeah, why not Austin three sixteen, right? Right. Well, I couldn't find it anyway. But I'll, I'll give it another read <laughs> later on. You know, maybe maybe I just missed it. I mean, I was very sleepy when I read it. Um, it's on page 316. Oh, snap. It isn't. It actually totally isn't. Anyway, <laughs> stop. We're not talking about the fucking Bible, all right? <laughs> Does anyone know what, what John 316 is? Like, so we can compare quotes? I uh, fucking used to know it, but I forgot it. It was uh, like, I believe it was John 3, uh, 316 was, uh, I'm just going to, I just kicked your ass. <laughs> John, John 316 is apparently for God so loved the world as to give his only begotten son that whosoever belief in him may not perish but may have life everlasting so and that's yeah. Jake Roberts yeah basically Jake Roberts or, or Austin 316 so yeah I mean it, it makes sense doesn't it yeah we're doing Book It Like Bible next week so it's fine <laughs> I want to be part of that <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry we have digressed i'm sorry yeah. Dylan. we've ran into your time <laughs> well no listen keep all those thoughts in your head because i'm about to tell you my booking for the whole beginning of the, the steve austin angle okay okay Go so i'm gonna do it in the the vince russo voice i did earlier <laughs> that's okay okay right, go. listen bro okay so there's this guy on the roster called Steve Austin. Okay, bro. So he's pretty cool. People seem to be digging him. They're really getting into him, bro. He got rid of his stupid ringmaster name or the shockmaster or whatever it was. You get <laughs> it, bro. Now he's Steve Austin and he's at the King of the Ring 1996. Okay. So he fights Jake Roberts in the final. Yeah. And then there's... so. Okay, so he wins, bro. Okay, so he's the king of the ring. Steve, Steve Master, Ring Shocker Steve. So, (laughs) (laughs) Ring Shocker Steve, I was so pleased with. But anyway, (laughs) I had to, I had to put it in. So he gets on the mic, bro, and he talks about your John 316s. And then get this, bro. Then he says, well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And the pro- the crowd goes nuts, bro. They go ape shit. 
I swear to God, bro, I never <laughs> heard a crowd like it. Although, later on, I did definitely hear crowds like it. And also, I wasn't actually there at the King of the Ring when it happened, so I don't actually know how loud it was personally, but I heard it was good. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. So he does the whole thing, the Austin 316, and I had a brainwave, bro. I gotta tell you, right then and there, I knew. I could see the whole thing, bro, like it was real, right in front of my eyes. I knew what had to be done. I'm no artist, bro, but what I did that day, as soon as I saw that, I swore to God, bro, I got a pen and paper, and I drew a picture, okay? So I drew it out, what was in my head, and then the next day, I went to Vince, Vince McMahon and I said look bro there's something here with that Austin kid bro and Vince said yes I know that's why I had him win the king of the ring tournament <laughs> and I and I say yeah but where does he go now and Vince said to me I swear to god bro he looked me straight in the eye and he said well we're going to build him up as a babyface anti-hero and the crowd will love it and I said no bro you gotta listen to me here look at this and I showed him the paper so there's Austin, right? And he's wearing this big Pope hat. <laughs> That's Incredible. what I drew, bro. So he's wearing the big Pope hat because he did the <laughs> Austin 316. And now he's a religious guy. Okay. So Vince stops me right there. He says, stop right there, pal. But I'm in the zone. Okay. So I'm not going to listen to this old man trying to <laughs> shut me down right here. I have to go for it. You know, I have to shoot my shot. I gotta tell him that his way of thinking doesn't work anymore. Nobody wants to see another traditional wrestler right there. But you dress a guy up like the Pope, now that'll get you some views. <laughs> so Austin comes to the ring in a big robe and a big Pope hat, and he has a big stick like the one the Pope has, okay? <laughs> but then when he wrestles, he takes the robe off, and he's wearing tights or whatever, but he wrestles in the big Pope hat all the time. Okay? <laughs> so he's always wearing the big Pope hat. If it falls off during a match, he has to stop everything and go and get it and then put it back on because it's part of the gimmick, bro. So we could put bricks in the hat, okay? So when he headbutts a guy, it's not like a headbutt. It's really just a hat full of bricks. And then he can use the Pope stick to hit people with. It just works. It just makes sense. So Vince McMahon says, no, but I told Austin to do it anyway. And then Austin told me I was a stupid motherfucker. And I swear to God, bro, at that point, I was just going to walk away. Okay. I wanted nothing to do with any of it. I've had enough. That's harassment in the workplace. You know, I was just trying to do my job. I was like, you know, bro, I've had enough. But then I thought, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus just give up? No, he would turn Steve Austin into the Pope. So I, <laughs> so I reasoned with Austin. I reasoned with Vince. And eventually they relented. And so we got Stone Pope Steve Austin. Also, later on, we dropped the stone bit. <laughs> so... So... <laughs> Okay, so Pope, Steve, <laughs> so Pope Steve Austin has a feud with Bret Hart, okay? Bret is like, I don't want to do this, but I told him it would be funny, and also he had to do it. So the storyline is... <laughs> okay, so... Oh, sorry. 
so so the storyline is Pope Steve Austin kidnaps Bret Hart's son, okay? I mean, it makes sense, bro. Bret didn't like it, but I was all, what would the real Pope do in this situation, huh? <laughs> Kidnap your kid. And Bret had to reluctantly agree. So the Pope steals Bret's kid, and in retaliation, Bret steals Austin's Pope hat. Uh, pope Steve Austin, is he feels naked without the big Pope hat, right? He needs the Pope hat. So what's the best way to resolve this problem? I think we all know. Obviously, we have a <laughs> obviously we have a Pope Steve Austin's big Pope hat on a pole match at WrestleMania. Okay. <laughs> now you're probably asking yourself, why is this happening? And like, it's obvious, bro. It's happening because WrestleMania is the best place to put on a big match like this. Yeah. So the match happens. And, like, Austin comes out, but he doesn't have his big Pope hat on, bro. So, get this. He has a replacement hat, but it's really crappy looking, okay, bro? So, so, so crappy looking. So, the crowd is laughing. They're all like, look at this guy. And he's really pissed off, bro, okay? So, like, total motivation right there. It all makes sense. So, during the match, Austin just starts beating the hell out of Brett with his big Pope stick, all right? I'm talking, like... 40 hits with a stick because that looks really cool. All right, bro. And then he climbs up the pole and he gets up onto the, like a little podium where his Pope hat is and he picks up the Pope hat. And remember, it's full of bricks. All right, bro. So he puts <laughs> it on and then he does a moonsault off the platform onto Bret Hart. Okay. It looks incredible, bro. The people are going crazy. And then Bret Hart rolls over into a schoolboy and he wins the match. I should have said the match only ends by pinfall, bro. I mean, that's obvious. It's a wrestling match, right? So there you go. <laughs> Austin's got loads of heel heat on him because he hit Brett like 40 times with that stick. But then Brett looks good as a plucky baby face because he kind of won in the face of adversity. See, it all makes sense, bro. But then here's the twist. Austin doesn't give Brett his kid back. And it's the kayfabe, bro. So now the kid is like Austin's kid or whatever. And then, you know, so there's loads of places you can go with it, bro. Best storyline. So that's that. Oh my god, <laughs> I've got so much to unpack there. <laughs> I, I thought that when we were doing book it like Russo, it was about making storylines worse. And <laughs> when you said you're gonna book Austin, I was like, that's easy. Like he, Austin is the best like there ever is so making it worse is very easy we'll just whatever but that was better that's everything <laughs> i that was everything i love about vince russo <laughs> the Pope hat? i i want i want that to happen like i, mean, I want to go I back in time and change shit <laughs> i it's yeah. just i'm in awe of everything that just happened it was like <laughs> it was it was like russo was whispering <laughs> the dreams I've been having in my ear and <laughs> incredible that Thank wow just, I mean Pope po Austin like we need we need that like that <laughs> Austin can still go man like he he he, he can come back with that gimmick like, never say never Austin stealing a child dressed as the Pope <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, don't... want to say he's on a tear because that would be weird but Wow! Don't don't forget that he also did a moonsault off a thing, and like nobody remembers that bit. 
No, not important, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> a really spectacular thing in the whole story. <laughs> I just, I, that was, I never let Vince Russo work for me because he, if he talked to me like that, he'd get whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So I feel like, actually, in honor of that, that story, I'm going to have to draw Pope. Stone Pope <laughs> Steve Austin, like as an image, and oh. I'll uh, I'll send it over to you guys to share with the episode. Yes, one hundred percent. I will. Wait, we'll put that image up. Absolutely, uh, we'll put it as the uh, the teaser of the episode. So when you know when we say the episode's being announced, you see a Pope Stone Cold. People are gonna be like, "What the fuck?" But oh guys, that was a uh, that was really I fun. I have to draw Vince Russo as the child. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> little baby Russo. That's not. It's not getting creepy at all. <laughs> right. So that was um, that was bonus episode number two. Look at like Russell. You got your your money's worth today, folks. <laughs> uh, I will. I will put up a poll on Twitter probably a few days after this episode's out, and uh, we'll get you guys to vote on who you think had the best uh, Russell rebooking. Are you going to go for? Vince McMahon's illegitimate son being his own mother, are you going to go for uh, the return of David Arquette to Ronda Ground? Are you going to go for Pope Steve Austin? Like, it's three very prestigious choices there, folks. So, like, you know, like, just vote away. But <laughs> I mean, I'm going to vote for Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, well. I, I think we all know the winner there, but. Like... <laughs> Next week we're going to be uh, we're going to be releasing the first ever fan submitted kayfabe tombola. Uh, that means that we need you, yes, you listen to this podcast to submit your four wrestling names and four situations for kayfabe tombola. Where Dylan and I are going to have sixty seconds to try and come up with something that works. It's your chance to get yourself on the show, and we'll give you we'll give you a shout out on the podcast if you send something in. So you can submit your kayfabe tombolas on Twitter at making kayfabe. You can email them to makingkayfabe at gmail.com and uh, yeah we're looking forward to seeing what you can come up with guys it can't be worse than gangrel punting Gene Snitsky out of the ring oh I uh, love that so- <laughs> please guys um, if you're sending in ideas for kayfabe tombola don't send in Pope Steve Austin because we've already done that on this episode yeah, <laughs> if you, if yeah. you're thinking about getting in Pope Steve guess. Austin like, you, know. <laughs> you should copyright that we should yeah, actually yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get right on that <laughs> We've uh, we've still got free sweet t-shirts live and ready to be worn at makingkayfabe.redbubble.com. There's the official Making Kayfabe Season 2 tee there. Uh, another tee based around uh, thumb wrestling. Uh, some might say actually making kayfabe. And uh, we just have a just, just an extraordinary work of art. Hand-drawn by yours truly, Bryce, which just has to be seen to be believed. So it's all at makingkayfabe.redbubble.com. And uh, that's that. Like, thank you for joining us, Tyler. Have you got anything you want to uh, plug today? Only my bleeding heart after Dylan ruined wrestling for me <laughs> in the most beautiful way. <laughs> I'm, Dude, I'm, I've, I'm in awe. I've got to sit through Dylan re- ruined wrestling every week. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to Dylan as well for joining us. But let's be honest, I don't need to thank him because he's contractually obligated to be here. Yay! I shouldn't have signed that contract, man. It was the stupidest thing I ever did. <laughs> now you're booking it like Russo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, hey, this is a, this episode's going out on December 29th, so have a great new year when it comes, folks. Stay safe. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs>